0: Mental health check in with Lee. come on and check in with me mental health check in with
1: leak. come on and check in with me mental health check in with Lee. come on and check in with me come on and check in with me mental health check in with Lee. Welcome welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-in with Talik today I have a special guest, my pastor, Pastor Brad Leach. How are you doing today, my brother?
0: Talik, I'm good, man. I'm doing well, and it's great to see you and great to be a part of this episode.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you. So let's just get into the first question. I ask all my guests this question when they come on. I'm going to ask you, how is your mental health?
0: How is my mental health? Um, Man, that's like, uh, that question feels like a moving target. It's like, what time of the day is it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. what day? Of the, what day of the week is it? Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I think overall, you know, I'm I'm grateful, um, fighting for peace and joy, but I'm definitely having my moments throughout the day, just about every day. Um, anxiety, I think, in particular. Uh, is something that I struggle with and just really working so that when it hits it doesn't linger as long you know you can kind of kind of change the channel and um, um, focus on some new thoughts and attitudes
1: yes yes Um, I like to ask that question because I feel like people can be okay on the outside but they can be struggling mentally so I feel like in today's world, like you know, I feel like we should ask that question way, way more because there's a lot mm. of people that suffer in silence. And you know, I feel like if you ask that question, that opens up a conversation to you know talk about mental health. But thank you for you know being honest with your answer. Yeah. Um yeah. growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you growing up?
0: Uh it's a great question. Um I would say yes. It was, although it was still difficult for me um, to acknowledge probably the moments that I wasn't okay. My parents created an environment um, where I did not have to strive or perform or pretend in order to feel like I was receiving love and affirmation. Yes. And they, you know, their affection toward me it didn't change if I was doing poorly at school or not meeting some goal or, you know, um, even in a moment of disobedience at home. Um, so they modeled for me, um, that, Hey, we're gonna, you're our son. We're going to love you no matter what is going on, on the outside. I think still, my personality, even at a young age, and then I think as I got older, even more, so it lended itself more toward, um, you know, I want to put on a strong front um, to maintain, you know, a certain, perhaps, uh, just kind of respect from people. And, uh, and I think there, there was definitely a fear that I had at times growing up. Um, I think it was more subconscious, I was as I would do things well and then get the affirmation from people. I would sometimes leap to the conclusion that if I don't keep that up, then I'm going to lose yeah. that. And so I think at times I created that false, um, expectation for myself that, um, you know, if people see me struggling that, um, you know, I'll lose something Yeah. in, in their sight. And so, uh, That is something I would say even in the last six, seven, eight years has been a journey for me to become more aware of what's happening even internally um, within my own own mind and heart, my emotions and my thoughts, naming those things, and then becoming more comfortable, um, you know, with transparency, bringing other people in my life into those interior struggles.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. My next question for you is um, as you know there's a stigma surrounding mental health, right? There's also a stigma surrounding men's mental health. What do you say to that stigma where um, people say, you know, you gotta man up, you know, men shouldn't cry, men shouldn't have emotions. You know, you, you got to, she'll get over it. Like, what do you say to that stigma surrounding that men's mental health?
0: Well, I do agree. I think that that stigma has been there. I would say I do feel like it is uh, lessening. Yeah. I feel I feel like the grip of that stigma is decreasing and losing its power and strength. Yeah. You know, we're not all the way there yet, but I'm definitely in small groups regularly with men who are who are doing that. Yeah. Opening up, um, not shying away from letting their emotions yeah. out and even to become visible in public. Um, And then what I find is that when one or two go there, then it inspires the others to, to jump in as well and follow their lead. And then you see that men have actually been longing for a safe place to be able to go to some of the deeper places of their hearts and um, let some of that out. So what I would say, I think to men who are still struggling with that or, environments where that stigma persists is um is uh that there, there's really no peace until until the until there's reality yes and as long as we are um you know because of a stigma or for whatever other reason suppressing our real selves our real wounds our real struggles our real emotions then We will be at war within ourselves, yeah. And the peace comes when we have the courage to break through that stigma, yeah, and allow the outer version of ourselves to get into sync with the interior version. That's cohesion, that's integrity, that's wholeness, and shalom, and peace. When that happens, wow,
1: that was so good. (laughs) That's <laughs> so good. Um, my next segment, I'll get into. Before I get to the segment, I want to say, if anybody out there that's struggling with any thoughts of suicide or deep dark depression, you know, the suicide prevention lifeline is available. All you have to do is call nine eight eight. I say in every episode, the number is nine eight eight. If you can't get, you know, you don't like calling them, you know, get into a church small group, you mm-hmm. know, a support group. You know, there are different support groups that's out there that's free. Yeah. small groups at church are free <laughs> you know make sure you talk to somebody that you trust and my next question for you um i usually ask people have they ever dealt with thoughts of suicide but i'm going to ask you um i i read something online where i said a like, lot i well online and just seeing stuff like on instagram like a lot of pastors i've seen are you know i'm gonna use the correct term dying by suicide because i want to say commit um like what can you say about what can you say to somebody that's struggling as a pastor or a leader that's struggling with their like with any depression or suicide? Like what can you say like any words of encouragement?
0: Well, you know, I would say first of all, you're not alone. There are many others who are who are secretly suffering, carrying that burden. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, there are people that would love to rally around and carry that burden with you. Um, I think you know for pastors, it can be hard to know at times who is a safe you know who who is a safe person for me to begin to voice some of that too yeah, and um and so I think it's just the courage to find that person that you can trust, a counselor, um, another pastor in your city or in your community, yeah. um, myself, leak, to find somebody that you can begin to speak some of that out loud to so that you can bring it out of the shadows and uh bring it out of the dark. And you know, I think whatever to try to evaluate whatever the pressures are of your life and ministry that might Make you feel like you're trapped, yeah, and you can't get out from under those pressures. That you have the power to reinvent um, your job, the way you do your job, to reinvent, um, you know, your approach to it, uh, to find a healthy way to do ministry, yes. And if you can't find a healthy way to do ministry to find ultimately then what God's calling and leading you to because God God's will is not for you to be beaten down to the point of despair
1: yeah
0: and so um to just make the decision I'm gonna fight for health even if that means I have to disappoint some people here in the short term and do my job differently but in a way that I can be healthy
1: yeah wow that's good. And I'm glad like, I, I asked that question because I know like I've seen like pastors in the past that die by suicide. And um I know like, you know, their pastors, you know, pastors are pastors and people. Sometimes they just, I feel like they get like, they don't have enough room for themselves, you know? I know you got to lead a, a flock and everything, but you got to also, I feel like mentally you have to make room for yourself, you know? Make sure yeah. you're okay. Because if you're okay, your yeah, family can be okay, then, you know, your church can be okay so you know anybody out there struggling please get into small groups talk to somebody talk to somebody suicide prevention lifeline is out there down 988 um, i volunteer with nami i do like i do different support groups it's free support groups um saturday through um thursdays you know make sure this resources out there god make sure i'm googling 988 a church support group make sure you get into some type of community that is the most important thing um, that's probably specifically- I, th- I would just throw in
0: there I think uh a book that's really impacted me that we've been uh, distributing in our church is called um Attacking Anxiety by a pastor Sean Johnson, pastor of one of the largest churches in the country who um was uh, at the point of suicidal ideation and panic attacks and just hit a hit a breaking point himself, but one of the things he said in that book that I think is so True is that you have to be willing when you're bringing somebody into your struggle to go the last 10%. Yeah. Because a lot of times, anxiety, fear, depression, hopelessness that we're dealing with, we can't hide it all. And so we'll tell people, hey, I'm struggling with anxiety, pray for me. Yeah. Struggling with depression, pray for me. But we hold back the last 10% that show the real depths of the struggle that they don't know, you know, that you're relying on sleeping pills or you haven't slept in three nights yeah. or and so pulling them into the darkest thought. And I think that is really, really important. Um, so that they can truly fight with you because people can't fight with you if they don't know even the battle that's being waged.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, My next question for you is, um, so recently you had a mental health series and like what made you want to talk about mental health? I know mental health is not, I feel like today's society is taught more in church, but what made you want to do a sermon series on mental health?
0: Well, um, a few things. One, in my own journey, it's become a lot more front and center for me. And like I mentioned, the last six, seven years, I've been on a journey to understand myself better. And be healthier emotionally and mentally so i've been experienced a lot of counseling um done a lot of my own study and research and growth within community so a lot of it is i think bringing bringing our church into what god's doing in me because you can only teach and reproduce what you're experiencing yourself so i think that's part of it but also you know coming out of covid you know you want to as a shepherd and a pastor teach and speak to the main the main needs that people are experiencing yeah and you know mental health it feels like it is the leading edge like it's the you know it's at the foreground of just felt needs in our world today and in our society today and people are wrestling to understand what to do and I think to let people know you know the the, it's so simple but the big idea of our whole series was just was just this God cares about your mental health yeah and there's there's some people who don't even realize that that this yeah. is something God cares about himself and that God speaks to in his word that he's given yeah. to us and something that God wants to do you know working in our lives he cares about our psychological social emo- emotional well-being yeah and sometimes we can emphasize physical healing in the church that God wants to heal your body and he does and he can and we of course emphasize spiritual growth as we should, but helping people understand that God also cares about your psychological and emotional yeah. well-being. That yeah. was the goal, you know, that we had going into the series.
1: Yeah. And I want to add something too. Um, pastor Brad, um, you know, he's a pastor at city like Philly here and from Pennsylvania, South Philly. Um I also want to add that, you know, if I remember, you know, it's been a minute, I believe that you work with a therapy service.
0: We do. Yeah. We have a, we have a ministry here in our building, um, Cornerstone Counseling, and they provide fantastic, um, you know, psychological resources to people, counseling and therapy. And so, um, we're able to, help people get started financially. You might not be able to afford it. Um, we have a discount we're able to provide because they're here using our building. And then also, in addition to that, for people who need the help to get going, we have money that we've raised and that will scholarship to help make that possible. So it's an important ministry in the body of Christ today and something that we want to help people take advantage of.
1: Oh, that's so dope. That's so dope. Like I, I love, I know you first told me about it. I was like, oh wow, a church that has that. That's like so powerful. I believe, you know, I wish a lot of churches had that, you know, but I think that you know it's a start, but I feel like that's so dope, you know? Because you can Yeah, because
0: Pat, you know, pastors, we can do spiritual, I can do spiritual pastoral counseling from for people. Yeah. Open yeah. up God's word and help bring a biblical perspective to what somebody's going through. But I'm not a trained clinician, I'm not a trained doctor, um, you know, or counselor or therapist. And so there are times I think that pastors maybe step out of their lane or try to do too much. And we have to be able to partner with those experts and those who are trained in those fields to, to be able to help connect people and hand people off to um, others in the area that we might you know, we're not the expert to speak into that. Yeah,
1: that's, I, I believe, I believe in God and therapy, and, you know, like you said, the spiritual side, I had a therapist one time that he was spiritual, and he was a licensed person, you know, therapist, and I was like, well, I get best of book worlds. I get spiritual, and I get the licensed one, and it was good, and stuff like that, it was real good. Um, my next question for you is, what do you say to someone um, that may have said, you know, to themselves self that you know church is not for me because of my mental health problems church is not for me because of the lifestyle you know i live like what do you say to somebody that's struggling like that you know because i believe that church we should be welcoming to people not judge people push them away but you know there's no perfect church you know it, it, it will happen <laughs> it's going to happen so what do you say to somebody that's struggling that you know is straying away from church
0: well i think somebody who's saying church isn't for me because of my mental health or because of what i've done or it's, it's a, it's a misunderstanding of what the church is yeah, and who the church is for. So I would say the church is a hospital for broken people, sick people who need healing. It's yeah. not a country club for people who have it all together yeah. to come together and celebrate how awesome they are. It's, and that's what Jesus himself said. I can't, I have come, um, the sick not the healthy he said the healthy don't need a doctor it's the sick who need a doctor and that's why i'm here and so that's what the church is that's what the church is for the more we are able to be honest about our struggles the more capacity we have to receive god's grace and so i think it's just helping people in the church and outside the church understand what the church was is called and destined by God to be. Yeah. And that is a hospital for those who desperately need healing and wholeness in their lives. Yeah.
1: That's tough. My um, <laughs> uh, right, next question for you is, what can you tell someone, like, well, what can you say to someone, I mean, what can you tell to someone about that struggling with their mental health? Why is it important? Why is the most important, number one importance? To put your mental health first, because you know, a lot of times, some of us that struggle with mental health, we put everybody else first, but we don't put ourselves first. So, let the people know why it's important to put your mental health first.
0: Well, you know, you've probably heard this this statement: self care is not selfish. Yeah, because you cannot pour out of an you can't pour anything out of an empty cup. Yeah, you can only give. To someone else, what you are actively receiving yourself. And so, the classic example is if you're boarding onto an airplane, they're going to tell you in the case of a crash landing, the oxygen masks are going to come down. Put the mask on yourself first before you help the people around you, the children around you. And the reason is that if you pass out, you're not going to be able to help anybody. And so, um, I think that it's just understanding that if your goal is to help others and to serve others, yeah. the best way to do that is by giving from a healthy center. Yeah. And, um, and so it's the long game, you know, I could serve people for a few weeks and then crash and burn yeah. and be done. Or I could be a little more patient, maybe not do as much over the next couple of weeks, but and yeah. I'm caring for myself in the process. Now I can, I can, for the next couple of decades for the rest of my life, actively serve people and pour out and yeah. what you're going to accomplish over the court, over the rest of, you know, two, three, four more decades is going to so far outclips what you could accomplish if you just sprint, yeah. you know, as long as you can, until you, till you just fall over and die. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think it's recognizing the just, where the ability to serve others comes from and it is by caring for yourself you know jesus said love your neighbor as yourself and um and uh so he assumes that you're loving yourself yeah you can't love your neighbor if you're not if you don't have a healthy relationship you know with the person in the mirror yeah so that's uh yeah i think that's where it starts yes
1: thank you for that. Um, I want to thank you for you know being a guest on here, Pastor Brad. You know, I love you, you're my brother. I mean I I work Sundays, so I do go to church, but you know, you always be my pastor. But I want to ask you, can you end this off in prayer? You know, like, like end it off in prayer.
0: Yeah, I would love to. And I just want to honor you, Leek, because you have obviously um, gone through so much in your own mental health journey. Yet you've made a decision that instead of just being a victim to what I've been through, I'm actually going to leverage it, turn it around and use it to help others. And because of that, there's so much redemption that's coming through your story. And so thank you for hosting this podcast, for all that you do to write and post and encourage others and walk alongside of others. Um, God's using it, I know, in ways that you can't see. And so... I just honor you, man. Thanks for all that you do. And I would love to pray. Yes. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to just have a real conversation about something that so many people are experiencing today. And that's just mental health struggle. And God, I just pray right now over every person who's going to hear this podcast. I pray, God, that when they hear this podcast, may they come away with some practical tools. To grab onto. But even more than that, I pray that just supernaturally, hope, joy, peace would be born in their heart. That when they turn this off, they'd be a little more hopeful, a little more peaceful, a little more joyful, and that they would know that you're not done with their story. That if the story isn't good, the story isn't over. And that they would be able to recognize, God, that you care about what they're going through emotionally psychologically socially that you're there to walk with them in the middle of that journey you're closer than they realize reveal yourself to them i pray right now in the powerful name jesus i pray amen
1: amen amen